Uh, this is Blake Kelly here with um, uh, my friend Ryan Ward, and uh, we are the uh, producers and creators of the BNR the BNR Productions, uh, and we have created a podcast called the Coach Dick Effect, where we will be reviewing um, one of our previous basketball coaches, Coach Dick, and you know his overall structure and his legacy and and his basic treatment of players. Hello, boys and girls. Dr. Hadir here. I've released a new product called Butt Paste. It is made from the best doctors in the world. You know the acne that teenagers get on their face? Well, some get it on their hiney. This is a paste. Put on your hiney. Do not put it in the hole. Just spread it around the hiney. Once it is on, it relieves all pimples and acne from the hiney. It is not backne. It's Buttony. Come down and get your new butt paste for a very low deal. I give you a good deal, I promise. Today, right? I'm doing pretty good, Blake. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. So it's gonna be an interesting podcast, you know. I I think I think we both have a pretty good idea uh, in our heads of Coach Dick and you know his his overall, like, sense of, you know, how, how he likes people, how he treated players. And I think, not that you and I are both treated differently, but I think we both understand that he did. I mean, I, I, I guess we'll get into this in the podcast. So I think, I think, both, I think in my opinion, we both understand that he, tr- he did treat players differently. You know, A to B was different, was, was you know, the difference between those two players. So anyway, so... Before you know, we get into whether or not we like Coach Dick or not, we should get into you know get in a little context of how boys did for Reds. So I understand that Coach Dick was coach of Reds for ten years. You know, he came here when it was like a one A school, and you know there was there was nothing here. It was just you know a bunch of Christian kids who you know never even seen a basketball basketball before, and he changed it into like a twenty five and zero basketball team last year. You know. Yeah, Coach Dick was one of was the fourth winningest coach in Colorado history. Over twenty four seasons, he got over six hundred wins, and he really was just able to turn programs around and carry the winning streak with him wherever he went. I mean, that's insane. I mean, he came. He came. I understand he came from Rocky, which is like a five A giant school. And then he comes to Res, which is like a a one A Christian, you know, private school. I mean, they probably, I mean, most of their kids probably. I mean, I bet his first year coaching, most of those kids hadn't even seen a basketball before. I bet, I bet that was just like a whole new world comes in. But so, you, I mean, you got to give props to that. You got, I mean, yeah, it's to be able to turn a school around from not even having kids who know how to play basketball to basic top should have won a state championship last right. year. That's crazy. Right, and even, and even like, like, even getting that many kids, like, I, I remember last year, we had like 40 kids in the, in the program. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I mean, like changing, I mean, that came with school growing and stuff too, but like, changing a program like that, like, getting more people to even come out for basketball, having four teams, that's, I mean, that's, I gotta get process, that's the same. Yeah, and the way he developed his teams, I mean, He'd hold kids' camps every year, multiple camps, right. trying to develop the future of the program based off of the offense and different strategies that he used. 
And right. just to be able to teach him from that young of an age was really able to find success in his graduating class last year because they'd been with him for so long. Right. Yeah, he, uh, that far-out offense, you know, he ran. I mean, it was probably one of the simplest offense you know, you'll ever run in your life, but it's probably also the most effective because there's so much you can do off of it. There's so much you can, like, so many different, you know, like plays you can run off or so many different, like, just room for people to like show their show their uh, show their play style and show how they like just show how good they are basically because it's such a free like free going offense you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean his players. I don't know. I don't know about everybody else, but personally, I respected him a lot because he was a great coach. He cared about all of his players. Obviously, he put hours upon hours into his right. team. And yeah, I, I, I agree. I, 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 I respect him um, also as a coach. I think I think the, the amount of time he put into basketball. Yeah, and he was the, always always willing to. And he was always willing to like get in the gym with people, unlock the doors, get out the right. get out the gun, and like right. just work with kids yeah. on how to get better, and so they could be a driving force in the Colorado basketball league. I think. I think he was also like, I think he had some, I think, I think he was personal with some people, not personal with people, but he was definitely personable enough. And I remember, I remember, you remember that story with the, in the locker room <laughs> when he, uh, he, um, uh, so, you know, in, in, for all our, our viewers out there, he was in the, he was in the, we were on the locker room, right, getting ready for practice and uh, some, um, some, you know, high school students. Uh, chose to do something that was not very, um, you know, uh, school appropriate, if you will, and uh, they they drew some some images of some um, let's just say inappropriate things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they edged it with pens onto the locker room uh, metal, you know, the the, the lockers. And Kozik saw this, and you know, he goes in there and he's like, we "Got some overachievers because they were." They were really big images, and they were very uh, descriptive. And you know, I, I, I think that just shows you know how he, how kind of loose he was in practice sometimes, and how he was willing to have fun at that at some points. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, because really being able to like achieve the personality and like having a personable relationship with the players really gave them more respect for him and was able to make what he said more effective on and off the court. Right. He, uh, he definitely, you know, I, I remember another time he came up to me and I was, in my infinite wisdom, I was, I was attempting to grow a beard last year because I thought it would be cool. And he was very, he's, another part of his coaching was he was very, like, he liked, he liked clean-cut guys, you know, like extra like, not a lot of extra stuff, like, no head, headbands, sweatbands, armbands, and all that stuff. So I had a beer on the court, and I'm like, well, I have a beer, who cares? It's kind of a scraggly, you know, you know, like, gross, not, not gross, but, like, just a scraggly, like, lumberjack kind of looking thing. And he's like, hey, mountain man, I'm going to need you to shake that, you know? <laughs> I, I, I can't really do his voice, but, I mean, I could do his voice. Anyway, yeah, it, it was, uh, I remember that, he was, he was kind of, he was trying to be personal with me. He was trying to get to know me better. You know, I, I think that's something a coach should do. Something about a coach should uh, try to do with their players. Even and, and, you know, it's hard to do that with 40 people in your program, but I think 
personality and stuff on the basketball court. Yeah, he really worked to make that like family environment within the team itself. Right. All right. So now we now we got to talk about why did he get fired? If everybody liked him and he was a great coach, what led to his firing last year? You know, we can come up with a million speculations, and I and I, I won't really attempt to do on this podcast. But I think we have to start with the fact that Mr. Howlett. I think it all started with Mr. Howlett's you know, firing first. So, it, for case you didn't know, Mr. Howlett was the superintendent before Dr. Eshelman, and um, Dr. Eshelman is the now sitting superintendent. And um, I think I think the board, which wasn't like how how. Uh, Mr. Howell was running things, and you know, we're all like charismatic Christian, you know, like, like, I guess, uh, like their like personality of school, you know, mm-hmm. and and Dr. Eshelman kind of came in and changed that. He's like, I don't like how Mr. Howell is running this. It's not how I'm gonna run my school. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, this, and this differently. And he just thought Coach Sick wasn't doing a good job. As a athletic director, and because because there were, I heard you know, I on the football team as well, and the football team would just constantly complain about, oh, we don't have this, we don't have that, because the football team wasn't getting you know bought the things that that the basketball team was getting, that, and that, that's that's just what they were saying, you know, Coach Dick bought the uh, he bought this big like jumbotron looking thing, not I mean not a jumbotron, but it's like a it's like you put it by the scores table, it's like showed highlights, it's like a big screen. I mean that had to had to cost upwards of. $10,000, maybe, maybe, maybe a little less, but still a lot of money. I mean, other sports could use stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think a lot of people thought he spent money on things that were not necessary and that uh, he um, he just, I mean, maybe he cared too much about basketball. I mean, it's hard to say, but what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that, like, because he was so focused on basketball and for his entire life he worked on building the best team that he could. He wanted to buy the basketball team the nicest things and kind of just put everything else on the back burner and just kind of forgot about it because his team was a driving force and nothing could stop them. So he put everything else aside besides coaching the team and kind of forgot of his responsibilities as the athletic director. Yeah, and, I, and you also have to remember that if, if, if I'm correct, I don't think Coach Dick had ever been an athletic director before. I think he was only a basketball coach at any, at any school he'd been at. So, you know, stepping into a new role like that is definitely a tough transition and something that would take time and, you know, take training or something like that because it's Clearly, a special position. He's not only thinking about basketball. He's got to think about football. He's got to think about softball and baseball and volleyball. He's got to think about all those. He also got to be at all the sporting events. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just a stressful position. Um, and I think Dr. Eshelman mainly thought of like he's like, well, I, I understand Coach Dick hasn't, you know, hasn't, you know, morphed into like he like he's not he's not there yet. Might be, but I need someone like that now. And I remember when he was introducing the new athletic director, uh, Dan Nav, uh, the Nav thing athletic director. He t- he was talking about how he was uh, Dr. Eshelman and Dan have a long history. They know de- they know each other. So um, and he and he said as soon as they you know 
I remember they were talking about our basketball thing. He said, as soon as a position opens the res, I want Dan Nab there because he knew he knew what Dan. He, he thought Dan Nab would, would you know, as, as experience as an athletic director, he was with Liberty, who was Liberty County for res, you know. So maybe another reason could just be that maybe that he didn't, not, not that he didn't like Coach Dick, but maybe he just thought Dan Nab was just the perfect guy for the job and it's a good Christian and stuff like that. Yeah, and I really think that think that it's a it's a good transition because whenever the new superintendent came in, a lot of things changed. And right. while Coach Dick was a, a very winning coach, his his winning team was gonna be leaving that year. Last year, they were gonna be gone anyways. And I think it was just a good time to transition because. Obviously, this year we're not going to win a championship because we had nine kids that left from the varsity team last year. So he really, he really just yeah, he really just saw it as like an opportunity to make something new of the school that he was handed, and he's trying to create a future for Rez. That's 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 plowing forward instead of living in the past. He definitely, definitely has been coaching for a long time, and I mean, gotta hang up the shoes someday or hang up the suit in his, in his case, and right. and just watch the future unfold in front of you. What you've planted, just watch it happen from the from the bleachers instead of the coach's box.
starting all that on the team. He's like, well, let's, this guy has earned some more time, so let's put him on some JV. So my freshman year, I started to play, started to play some JV, and I was, and I, and, I mean, I didn't play a lot of JV, but I, I, I was, you know, the freshman that got to sit the bench because I was good enough. And that, I mean, that really made me feel good about myself, good about maybe feel confident as a basketball player. And I think that's what Coach Dick did well is when he thought you were good, and when you were a good player, he. He made sure that he that you were in the spot you deserved to be in, and that you earned. You, you agree with that, right? Yeah, I totally agree with that. I I think he really paid attention to how everybody played, how they fit into his offense, and I mean their work ethic. And he'd reward them based off of not only just their talent, but also if they work hard. He's obviously going to recognize that, and put you on a higher team because he knows that you're willing to put in the effort to play at that level. Right. And personally for me, uh, Coach Dick, I mean, he used to come to all the middle school games for us. And I remember after one of my like eighth grade games, he came up and told me a great job and that he thinks I'm going to be a great player in high school someday. And that really just like, that meant a lot to me because to have the varsity basketball coach come and tell you great job. I mean, and then freshman year, the season comes around. I broke my foot up at CCR, but so I wasn't able to play for the first half of the season. But while I was hurt, he told the JV coach, Coach Doherty, who we'll be interviewing later in this episode, that when I come back, he's going to see that like I'm a great player and that, he thinks that I'll be able to compete well on JV, which which at the end of freshman season, I ended up being able to go up to JV. And I think I played two games at the very end of the season because I was still recovering for the rest of it. And I scored, I scored six points in both those games. And, and I mean, Coach Dick really, really was able to like transition me from being injured back into playing the game and developing as a player. And then sophomore season rolls around. And I mean, you and me were both just, we, you and me were both like the sixth man on JV, I remember. And we'd always play on the scout team. And, um, you know, it just, yeah, it really, it really just helped us get better playing like that because the varsity kids were good and we really learned yeah we really learned how to play defense when we competed against them because they were some good players yeah um i really think you know i I really think that coach dick he he did you know he did a good job of rewarding obviously rewarding people who deserve the rewards but i think you know any any coach has flaws and I think that one of his flaws was that when when he thought you weren't very good, he he kind of just we not forgot about you, but kind of just didn't prioritize you. You know, mm-hmm. I, like I remember. Okay, so my my freshman year, I, I was scoring all those points, and right? I, I was you know I, I felt like the big bad freshman. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm a JV. I'm the I'm on my high horse. I'm I'm really good. And then I remember, you know, your class came, Ryan. You guys were really good, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, now i got to compete with these guys for playing time. And I remember I remember at first, and then their whole new – so Kushik also, 
that same year and got a whole new coaching staff. You know, Coach Doherty, like all those, those previous coaches who saw me play my freshman year, they, they knew that they thought that I was good. But Coach Doherty and Coach Nats and a couple of those other guys, they hadn't really seen me play. Mm-hmm. And I remember Coach Doherty at first, he put me on the, put me in the, I was, you know, on the JV gym with, uh, with Cade, who's one of our better players. And, uh, um, Kate Bothwell and we we were just practicing we were practicing that day with the varsity and I was doing that as a sophomore and I was like this is pretty cool and then and then all of a sudden I thought that I wasn't doing very well so I, you know I wasn't playing very well so I got to uh, I got they, they moved me back down and it was I wasn't not, I mean I thought I was playing bad but that, but that, that, that I was you know I wasn't playing great and that he kind of just like forgot about me I guess yeah, because I really, not really forgot, but like, I guess like, yeah, like I said, like put you put me out of his mind, you know. Yeah, because that was the same year that Drew Bobo was a freshman, right. and for all those of you who don't know who Drew is, he's like six five, two hundred and eighty pounds, and right. I mean, he's just an animal yeah. on the court. I mean, once he gets momentum, right. you just can't stop him. Right, he's like he's like the bigger version of me too. So he may have pulled me out of his mind just because he had Drew, you know. And that's just the way it goes. That's just sports. I can't yeah. really think of you know. I can't really take offense to that. So that's, I mean, that's, that's not just like you know, Kostik's fault, but you know, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So all right. All right, so let's now let's go get some interviews from some former players about and current players about what they thought about Coach Dick. And we're also right, going to I, interview the previous JV coach, coach about Curry, yeah. his thoughts and why he ended up leaving the program before Coach Dick. So right. that's that's coming up right after this commercial break. I'm here with Eddie Lemos and uh, Kay Dunlap, some uh, some students at Res. So I'm um, glad to hear you guys. What's up? Hey, I'm Eddie. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm Cade. Yeah, thanks, Blake. So, uh, what were you guys' like best interactions with Coach Dick, or worst? I'm not gonna lie, Coach Dick wasn't very nice. Like, I'm a wrestler, and he just didn't respect us. You know, like sometimes I really wish I could have just whooped up on those basketball players, but you know, he, he's just always a kind of a mean guy. You know, didn't really respect the wrestling team that much. How about you, Cade? Uh, yeah, like Eddie said, Coach Dick didn't have much respect for anything but basketball. He, um, he mostly only funded everything for basketball and would leave every other sport out. I did not have great interactions with him. He was usually pretty mean to me. Also, he was also negative whenever he came to talk to me, so it was never really good. So you think that he put most of Resurrection Christian's you know, sports funds to the basketball team and didn't give it to anybody else? Yes, 100%. 100%. Like like that big uh, like jumbotron thing he sent like so much money on like that was just purely for basketball. The thing that he puts like in front of the bleachers. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. You know, I, I feel like other teams could could have used that for other things. No, oh oh yeah yeah we could have used that money for other things for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, did you, so you guys so if I if my understanding is correct you guys were not you know huge fans of Coach Dick. Um, no, there was some, there was some good, I guess, you know, like he took care of us a little, the wrestling team a little, but not as much as he should have as a athletic director. So do you think that he was a good, you know, like, I guess he was for basketball, but for other sports, you say he wasn't a good athletic director. Like he didn't run things very well. Um, no, he did not like football. 
like he was always there and stuff, supporting, but it seems like like money wise and supportive wise, like he didn't do anything really besides for basketball, so Yeah, he was he was there he was only there as an athletic director to support basketball it seemed like. Well, uh, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you for your uh, input on Coach Dick, and uh, have a good day. Thank you. Of course. This is Blake Kelly here with the uh, Coach Dick Effect. Um, I'm here with Jacob Buckendorf, another former player of Coach Dick. So, Jacob, I'm glad you're here. Thanks for having me, Blake. So, what was your overall first experience with Coach Dick? My first ever experience came my freshman year. I uh, played C team the whole year, and while he does invest little time in those lower level teams, JV and C, uh, I still do remember faintly him introducing me to the team as a whole uh, on our uh, first week of practices. So you think he didn't spend a lot of time with the uh, lower level teams? Oh, I know for a fact. Uh, definitely through my developmental years, my freshman and sophomore year, I uh, had very limited exposure to Coach Dick, even though I even swang quite a bit of JV both those years. Uh, very little of my time was spent under his instruction. Do you think it was hard to build a relationship with Coach Dick because um, you were on a lower-level team? Sorry, do you think it was, it was harder to build a relationship with Coach Dick because he was on a, you were on a lower-level team? Wow. Uh, no problem, you got it, Blake. Um, but, yeah, definitely uh, it was hard to build a relationship with someone you barely ever saw, let alone the interactions where I did see him. It was uh, never super genuine. It always seemed fake due to the fact that uh, he really didn't care about us. Can you uh, give any specific interactions that were negative um, for the podcast? Not necessarily. Um, those those first few years uh, – that freshman and sophomore year, I never really uh, had much exposure to him and his instruction. But one interaction that was aside from that was last year, his last year of coaching. Uh, definitely my most negative interaction with him was uh, when he found out that I was on my phone during the halftime in the middle of one of our games. He wasn't too happy and definitely uh, lashed out on me. What were, some, what were some specific words that he actually said to you? I don't think I can say on this podcast, Blake. <laughs> Oh, well, I appreciate your viewers' question. All right, this is Blake Kelly here with the uh, Coach Dick Effect, and um, I'm here with Tanner Appleby, a, uh, a student at Res who uh, played basketball for a little bit but actually chose not to play because Coach Dick was the coach. So thanks for being here, Tanner. Uh, thanks, Blake. It's good to be here. Uh, so why did you choose not to play for Coach Dick? Um, well, for me, it was mainly just, uh, you know, his voice. Uh, I couldn't stand listening to it uh, for every second of every day, so... Um, he was a good guy, but I just I couldn't stand the voice, so that's why I quit. Really? It was solely because of his voice? Yeah, this is just raspy old man voice. I just couldn't do it. It, it didn't have anything to do with like, his policies as a coach or how he, um, how he chose to interact with players? Did it have anything to do with that? Oh, no. I mean, I loved uh, the community that he made on his practice. It was uh, very much like communism. I think if you could compare him to someone in history, Stalin would be a perfect example. So you are comparing a res coach to Joseph Stalin, a dictator who killed millions of people. Indeed, yes. Interesting. Uh, well, uh, I appreciate that input, Tanner. Um, did he? Did you have any n- negative interactions with Coach Dick? Like, just as you as a whole, like, did he ever yell at you for not playing for him? Uh, no, but there was this one time when uh, our track team won state track, and uh, we had the trophy and we were celebrating and everything. And then he came up and tried to take the trophy with back with him, and uh, we wouldn't let him. And uh, so that was probably the most negative interaction with him. But he's a basketball coach. Why would he take your state track trophy? Well, you know, I don't really know, but I think it had something to do with his uh, form of communism that he liked to install into his community here at Res. 
And I think that he just thought that as the dictator of res, he was able to just take that trophy. So once again, you are comparing our coach to a communist dictator. Yeah, and you know, I think you could also pull a little bit of Mussolini in there and kind of interconnect the two. Interesting. So I think, I, think, I think that'll give good input into my podcast. So thank you, Tanner. I appreciate you being here. Oh, you're quite welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Yo, yo, y'all, this is Tea Cake here from Tea Cakes, Tea Cakes. I'm the brand new owner of a bakery called Tea Cakes. We have every flavor that you can imagine. Almond chocolate, coconut, almond divinity, banana, banana chocolate chip, banana ice cream, banana peanut butter bread, banana peanut butter ripple, birthday cake, black cherry, black raspberry, black raspberry cheesecake, black raspberry chocolate chunk, blue raspberry cheesecake, blue raspberry cobbler, Boston cream pie, butter brickle, butter fudge almond, and butter pecan. And not least but chocolate come down to tea cakes tea cakes for every flavor that you want any size you want we got medium mini small regular large humongous and gigantic that's the biggest one (laughs) um hey mama i'm on the air your baby boy's on the air mama come down to tea cakes tea cakes for your best tea cakes in the world uh, this is Blake Kelly here once again with the uh, Coach Dick Effect podcast, and I'm here with Will Schrodenbauer, another former player of Coach Dick's. Uh, Will, how are you today? I'm, I'm good, Blake. How are you? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm good. Thank you, for, uh, thank you for asking. So what was your first experience with Coach Dick? Um, just freshman year, or actually sophomore year, when, he, when I was a swing player on varsity and practiced with him. Did, uh, did he treat you well because you were a, a better player? Um, yeah, he was, he's always been good to me. I know he wasn't some people's favorites, but I liked him and he helped me become a better player. Good. Uh, so you think he treated you well overall, um, as a whole? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, did you like the way he ran practice and like his overall structure? Oh yeah. I thought they were really good run practices and just got us moving and in shape. And so I think that helped us for the season. Okay. All right. Awesome. Did you have, uh, any negative interactions or positive interactions with coach Dick? Um, not really. He'd get, he'd get really mad in practice sometimes that it seemed like it wasn't necessary, but overall he was, he was pretty good to us. Did he, uh, can you, do you remember any like specific times he yelled at you for any reason? Um, yeah, because I wasn't wearing ankle braces and I rolled my ankle and he yelled at me for not wearing ankle braces. (laughs) Was that scary? Was that overall like scary as a whole? Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) He's kind of an intimidating guy. Just when he gets mad, like all the power he has, you know, he can take that out on you. Right, and I understand that he was, apparently he was mean to a lot of people. Did you see him being mean to others, you know, other players? Um, no, not, not too much. He wasn't mean. He was, he was just being a coach. It's kind of what you got to do. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Well, thank you, Will. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you being here. Yes, sir. <laughs> this is Blake Kelly here interviewing Keaton Cunningham, uh, former player of Coach Dick for the podcast Coach Dick Effect. So uh, I appreciate you being with us, Keaton. Thanks so much for having me on, Blake. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I, I really am looking, looking forward to see your insight and uh, everything that's going on. So uh, I have to ask you, though, what was your first experience with Coach Dick? Well, my first experience with Coach Dick takes us back to the summer of 2015. I walked in uh, the gym, uh, the high school gym, uh, to become a player at Resurrection Christian. And um, the office lady said, uh, uh, he's the man over there with the big baggy pants and big baggy long shirt um, and uh, slightly large ears. Um, and so that's, uh, that's kind of my, how my first experience was with him. And uh, I, I kind of... Ex- uh, introduced myself and heard his voice for the first time, a little bit raspier, um, older kind of sounding voice. I wasn't sure how much was left. 
Well, that, that's a very, you know, intricate uh, description of him. Uh, I appreciate that. So uh, how did he treat you overall as a whole? Like a piece of meat? Um, I felt like I had zero value in myself. Um, it caused me to uh, have no confidence in myself in basketball. And ultimately, I um, kind of believe that that's why I play basketball the way I do today. I understand that uh, he didn't treat you very well, like on the team. Like he kind of he put you on C team and D team as an upperclassman. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> All right, sounds good to me. All right, so did did you like the way he ran practice and or treated your uh, the the other players? And did you, did you see, notice anything about that? A man named Reese Johnson um, was his favorite player and favorite human being um, in this entire world. He treated Reese with a level of respect. Um, that he had for no one else. Um, and so for us as lower classmen at the time, um, and then players who just weren't as good as Reese um, and Isaac, another one of his players, just felt like we were invaluable and um, didn't, weren't shown the respect that we thought uh, a coach, head coach should have for his players. Really? Um, can you, uh, like, did, did, he have a, did he have any like, neg- negative interactions with you like, as, a per, like, as a whole, like just specifically to you? One time that sticks out to me when I hear that is uh, I was walking on the sidewalk out of school and I looked up and I saw my head coach come. I said, hey, coach, how you doing? And he looked at me and he, he gave me one of those firm, loud, Ugh, and then just kept walking. So that, that was probably the most negative interaction I had with him um, in the years that he coached here. And that's, that's a completely truthful story? Completely truthful. Interesting. So he literally, when he looked right at you as you were walking down the sidewalk, he went, ugh. A, a, a like an overall claim of disgust. No, 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 not ugh. ugh. <laughs> wow, um, I'm surprised. I mean, as a former player too, I, I I could tell you firsthand what happened, but that never happened to me. Um, so that's interesting. I mean, I mean that's that's certainly new evidence. Well, I wasn't what you call a good player, so that's kind of why he uh, treated me with such little respect and um, ultimately like a piece of meat. Well, uh, I, appreciate you, I appreciate you coming to this, Keaton. Um, the, the information you gave was really insightful on how Coach Dick was, uh, treated us and how, you know, and how, just, just how he felt about his players overall. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Blake. All right. Hi, this is Ryan here. I'm here with Zach Cook, a former player of Coach Dick's and current player for the RCS basketball team. Um, I have a couple questions for you today, Zach. Okay. How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm doing pretty good. Um, so the first question is, what was your first experience with Coach Dick? I think the uh, first time I met Coach Dick, I was in eighth grade, and I was uh, coming to res because I got invited to a few basketball workouts, and uh, I think it was in the weight room, and he, uh, I don't know, helped, helped show me, showed me a few things down there. Okay, and then um, throughout your time as a high school basketball player with him, how did he treat you as a whole? Uh, well, me in particular treated pretty well. He always uh, seemed to have my back and most of the guys I was playing with back, so I liked him. Okay, uh, did you like the way that he ran practice? Uh, I did because we never conditioned because we always did it during practice. So I thought that was fun because I hate like just running for no reason. Okay, and throughout your time with Coach Dick, did you ever have any negative interactions with him? Um, well, of course, but I mean, sometimes I deserved it too, so, you know, it happens.
All right, thank you for your time. Hi, this is Ryan Ward with the Coach Dick Effect. I am here today with Coach Doherty, our former JV basketball coach and one of the varsity assistants. How are you doing today, Coach? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. All right, today I'm just going to be asking you a few questions about Coach Dick and your experience here at Res. Okay. Um, so first off, what was your first experience with Coach Dick? Uh, so my first experience actually was um, I saw a job like a job hiring on Chassa's website, so I decided to give Coach Dick a call. Um, and my number is actually a New Mexico number, so I gave him a call, um, and he thought I was actually still in New Mexico. So he's like, let's set up a time next week if you want to to uh, – meet about basketball and everything like that I was like well I live in Loveland so if you want to meet sooner so I came over to the school met him the same day and he offered me the assistant coaching job that day so it's pretty exciting to have that opportunity at resurrection so okay um all right second question was how did he treat you as a whole during your time at RCS coach Dick is an amazing person he treated me like an equal. Um, he gave me a lot of opportunities within the program to um, excel in what I do as a coach um, for the kids. Um, he put a lot of the uh, scouting reports, everything of that nature on me um, with the varsity program. I did all the scouting reports. Uh, and then he gave me total reins to the JV program to um, better them for the next few years just because we knew we had a lot of seniors um on in that one class so for the next few years we really wanted to make them into what they are today so he treated me amazing in a sense of just giving me the opportunity to actually um, be a part of the program and do a lot of work within the program that's great um okay so uh talking about like the practice and how he ran things did you like the way that he organized and set up his practices Yes. Um, now being a head coach at another school, um, he was so organized in everything he did. He had his practice plans exactly um, created to the like to the minute of everything we were going to do in every single practice. Um, I really like the high pace um, intensity that we had every single day, just because if you duplicate what you do, so when we're in a game situation, you're pretty, you want to go high pace the whole time. And that intensity with that um, being full court all the time, um, high intensity, it really manipulates the game speed and everything of that nature, which paid dividends for us to um, what that um, famous saying, uh, you practice um, like you play. And definitely that helped out a lot. So definitely. Um, uh did you have any negative interactions with Coach Dick while you were here? No, I did not. Uh, he was – it's one of those things. I think in any situation, being a head coach now, you have to, to get the most out of kids. You you expect greatness from your kids every single day. So, yes, he was hard on the kids every once in a while. And he was hard on me as a coach every once in a while. But it's one of those things uh, the kids need to understand and the coaching staff needed to understand. He was just hard on you make you better as an individual that's one of those things um 
if if we as a coach if you're not hard on hard on someone that's more so you don't really care about them so um i actually enjoyed those situations when he was hard on me and on the kids because it showed that integrity and what the what you can get out of those kids sometimes and the ones that actually meet that pressure um sometimes and uh and that really paid dividends to our program so all right uh what went what went behind your decision to leave rcs um, my main was my main reason was that it was my um, an opportunity to be a head coach um, at a, another school. Uh, that's why I went to over to Roosevelt High School. Um, they gave me the opportunity to get the head coaching job over there. Um, there's a lot of great kids over there, but um, so I wanted to bring or build a winning program like Coach Dick did at Resurrection Christian, building a um, winning program in his ten years there. I want to try to. Um, build a winning program over at Roosevelt. Okay. Um, were you aware uh, if there was any tension between Coach Dick and the board of directors? That I didn't. I right? didn't know of any uh, within the system. Um, it's just one of those things. I think uh, admin sometimes has tussles with uh, different coaches or teachers. Any any situation, but I didn't know of any situation that was going on. So you don't know any clarification on what went behind his termination at Res? I do not. Okay. All right. That's all I got for you today, Coach. Sweet, man. Well, it was good talking to you, buddy. Good talking to you, too. I'll see you soon. Yes, sir. Okay, bye. Bye. What's up, Brian? Hey, Coach. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing pretty hey, good. Coach. Is this Blake? Yeah, it's Blake. Yeah, Blake, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you doing? All right. So what are we doing? What's this for? Uh, so we're we're just making a podcast about uh, your coaching time at RCS and, like, the legacy that you're going to leave behind. So we, we have a couple questions for you today. All righty. All right. So first of all, how have you been since since – you left right since i got fired from dr eshelman is that what you're trying to ask me <laughs> yeah just how have you how been, have I been? <laughs> uh you know you know i've been i've been good uh god is good uh, i've been doing uh, uh my interest is uh still you know coaching and athletics and i've been able to do a lot of basketball training and uh things related to basketball and athletics so uh uh it's it's been it's been good all right that kind of answers the second question too because i was about to ask uh what are you doing now and have you had the opportunity to coach anywhere else uh there there has not been an opportunity to coach at another high school yet Uh, that is uh hopefully something down the road Uh, um i've coached a uh uh, a little all-star seventh grade team that's been a lot of fun uh, during this past fall. Uh, I've been uh, training. Uh, I've been training about, I, I guess, overall 10 to 12 kids. Uh, and it's fun to watch the progression and see just how much better they get, you know, with some uh, instruction. So, uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing. Okay. Um so now I just want you to talk about some of your, like your time at Res. Uh, what was the environment like, and like 
what was your overall like impression of the time that you were here? You know, when I first went to Resurrection, uh, I didn't know anything about Resurrection. I'm just being very honest. And, uh, you know, I always, with with my faith, I thought it would be uh, fun to meet a challenge at a a small private school, but didn't know a lot about it. Um, When I got to Resurrection and, and first taught there, there's a truck going by here making lots of noise. Uh, I was so impressed the first few years, you know, just just with the school, the culture, uh, just everything about it. It, it had such terrific leadership uh, at that time, and, and it was a great place to come. And I, I was thinking, wow, this is this is an awesome, awesome place. Now, basketball at that time, I was not the athletic director. Uh, basketball at that time, we got off to such a surprisingly good start because we had some kids that just bought into everything we were doing. But I'll remember my first practice, we actually had to teach some kids that you had to take the ball out of bounds after a made shot. So... There was a lot of work to be done, but uh, we had some terrific, uh, you know, individuals at that time that just simply wanted uh, to be coached and wanted to see how they could progress. And uh, we were a two-way school at that time, and and uh, uh, of course, then last year was the 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 ultimate of uh, going undefeated and having the best team in the state, but. when I first got to Res, it was it was terrific, and uh, through the years, uh, it was a, simply a great place to be. So, you, you said that you you pretty much flipped the program completely around because nobody knew how to play basketball when you got here. So, well, and, and it wasn't just it wasn't just me. Mm-hmm. We had some good kids. We had some kids that were really willing to learn, and you know. It, it, it takes a village to, to raise a program or raise a child or whatever, and, and we certainly had a good village, and I was happy to be part of that. Okay, so off the top of your head, do you, do you know any of, like, your stats from the time that you were at Res? Like, what was your record? Uh, yeah, I can tell you our record because I have to, you know, keep up with that with some other things and everything like that. Mm-hmm. We we actually ended up uh, after last year overall two hundred and twelve and thirty three. Wow, that's crazy. Which was a tremendous run, a run in which I thank all my players and thank all my assistant coaches and uh, you know a, a great deal of the leadership at that time. Uh, those, you know, Mr. Hallett obviously was a superintendent for uh, nine of the ten years. Of, uh, vision of the school board several years ago just uh, granted us to uh, expand and, and build a new gym and do so many different things. So it was uh, it, it was certainly the work of a lot of people. Yeah. Um, okay. So compare your time at Res your time coaching at uh, both Green Mountain State. Isn't that what it was called, Green Mountain? Uh, Green Mountain. 
high school. Okay, and then... I was at Rocky Mountain High School five years prior to Resurrection, and then prior to Rocky, I was at Green Mountain High School. So what was what your what was your time there compared to Res like? Well, it, uh, uh, great years at Green Mountain. I mean, it's terrific years. Uh, uh, I, I first went to Green Mountain as an assistant coach and. We're fortunate to win a state championship uh, while I was an assistant. And then uh, I actually became a very young head coach at Green Mountain at the age of 27 and uh, stayed there for 20, 24 years. And uh, we're fortunate to play, I think, in four state championships, four or five state championships, and we won one. But we were, we had a great run. We were, uh, I think we went to the state tournament uh, nine out of eleven years in one stretch. So it was it was a fun time. Okay, so we have one more question for you today. Um, what do you want to be remembered for at Res? What do you want your legacy to be? <laughs> well, if you're asking me, you know, other people determine your legacy somewhat, but uh, I guess my legacy would be one that always tried to put kids first and to do whatever I could to help uh, kids, whether they were athletes or not. Uh, and and that, uh, knowing that we did it in a Christ-like manner. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. And I just wanted to let yeah, you know. You, I just want to thank you. You are welcome. I want to tell you, wish you guys the best of luck. And uh, I, the thing I miss most is are guys like you. <laughs> you guys. Not being there on a daily basis, but uh, God has a plan. Okay. Yeah, thank you for all your coaching and all the time you put into us while you were here. You are, I love you guys. All right, thanks yeah. so much. Thank you, right, thank right, you coach. Bye-bye.